Well, what's going on, all of our boggies out there? It's episode 48 of Your Brain On. God, 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 God. God, it is part five of our Church Hurt series, but our second part with the wonderful Chris Anderson. Mm -hmm. In the last episode, Chris shared about his journey with almost 30 plus years in the Mormon church and the hurt that that caused. In this episode, he dives in deeper into how that led him into a stint of atheism for 20 years and ultimately how it led him back to Jesus, realizing that Jesus was love. So, you're going to want to tune in. Make sure to listen to the first episode uh, for sure before you listen to this one. But enjoy the episode. Well, we've got Chris Anderson back on the podcast with us Thank for you. part two, mm-hmm. uh, part four, I think, of some of our Church Hurt series. Um, last episode, Chris uh, went into his journey through 30 plus years in the Mormon church yes. um, and all of his experiences and uh, <laughs> not all of them. I not all of them. <laughs> not yeah. all of them I promise you there's a whole lot more. <laughs> Some big uh, ones. Yeah. If you haven't listened to the first episode, make sure that you listen to uh, the first episode um, hurt in the Mormon church. But, um, but yeah, Chris went on a journey of starting to question things. And I remember you said that uh, you saw a short clip of a TV show from a documentary that got you thinking about, whoa, maybe what I believe is a little bit, yeah. <laughs> a little bit skewed. And mm-hmm. uh, went on a journey, started asking questions, and I don't think they liked that. The Mormon Church didn't like that. And then, um, so so you went into great detail about you know that kind of journey of questioning and trying to understand and not really getting answers. And so we wanted to dive into what happened next um, after you had experienced that and kind of experienced the hurt and the Mm. trauma of having people kind of ostracize you or push you away or say you can't question these things or you can't look into these things. Um, What happened after that? After I was called a son of Satan. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was quite a journey uh, leaving Mormonism, exiting it, uh, exiting um, was difficult Hmm. uh, because you lose everything your family, your friends, as it was predicted by my bishop. Right. Hmm. Which, at one point, actually made me question maybe I should return, despite everything I said in the episode one. I started hmm. questioning myself. Am I even... Maybe I am. And so hmm. for, for a brief period, right. yeah. uh, it made me question, because when I did end up getting divorced and lose your family and kind of the stuff they say will happen... Uh, makes you question and i started questioning everything even my own ability to know what's truth and what's not right and and how do you how do you determine truth right Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. because i know that you said it felt like a a great duping yeah (laughs) or a a great deception you know where, where i mean 30 plus years of believing something and then finding out there's some there's some big holes in it i'm sure that kind of brings a disillusionment you know complete disillusionment Mm -hmm. i mean i Mm -hmm. uh to the point where you question your fundamental faith in god does Mm -hmm. even exist right yeah and whether or not you could even trust yourself i couldn't yeah uh, because i thought i was uh in the one and only true church because that's what you're told and 
that's what I professed. And mm-hmm. um, when you realize something you believe to be true, hmm. to have it pulled out from underneath you, you begin to question everything. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what happened to me. I questioned everything down to the point where does God even exist? Right. Right. And then, and where did that lead you? To atheism. Because <laughs> <laughs> we got to back up first. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. because we talked a little bit last time how I started going to Christian churches yeah. after Mormonism. Oh, to, okay. Right. I, and I wanted to replace my Mormonism. Mm, I still mm-hmm. believed in God. Um, I believed in Jesus. Uh, he was still my Lord. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I needed to replace atheism or uh, Christian or Mormonism with a Christian church. Right. And uh, so for my family's sake and for my sake. Mm. And so that was important to me to start going to a lot of different churches. And I did. And I visited a lot. So did the break apart in your family not happen for a little bit, for a little while? Because you said that for your family, you started going to Christian church. Yeah, we left we left Mormonism um, and my uh, first wife and my kids. We all started attending different churches. And we landed on a church, and we were in Atlanta, Georgia. We landed on a church, um, and uh, I got very uh, um, drawn in, I would say, to that mm. church. And I started going all the time. I was in a discipleship group, and um, I wanted to join it. <laughs> yeah. I did. I wanted to join. And so long story short, um, I uh, went I wanted to be baptized because I didn't feel my Mormon baptism would was sufficient because under the circumstances mm-hmm. of um, all the doctrine and everything. So uh, I remember uh, I wanted to be baptized, but um, and I wanted my friend to baptize me, who was an elder in the church, mm-hmm. like he was a leader, like one of the top ones. And so I went to him and I said, "I want to be baptized," and he said, "Okay, that's great." Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, uh, but I don't want to do it like the way you guys do it because they sprinkle. Mm-hmm. And I go, you know, Jesus was baptized in a river, so I want to be baptized like submerged. Right. And I felt that was the right way to be baptized just because Jesus did it that way through mm-hmm. submersion. So, um, and, uh, but no, they wouldn't, they wouldn't allow me to be baptized that way. And they said I had to be baptized into their church the way they do it. And that Mm -hmm. was in front of the congregation, which is important. I get that. But Mm -hmm. I don't think Jesus went down to the Jordan River and they dipped their hand in the water and started sprinkling them. You wanted the whole thing. (laughs) You wanted the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I needed a new life and, you know, the symbolic, the symbolism of it. Mm. So they wouldn't do it. And that just, I was like, well, wait. Why not? Mm-hmm. You know, the old question, well, why can't I? Mm. Well, that's, yeah. not, that's not how we do it here. And mm. my friend who was an elder was willing to do it. It's mm. just the pastor wouldn't, mm. who I'd met with many times, but they said no. And so that was like the start of the second round of questioning. For right. Me. And what was it about that? Was it the... Were you taking some experiences from the Mormon church and thinking, well, the Mormon church was all organized and very controlled. They had to do it the specific way and what turned out to be was bad. Now you're going to this other church and you feel like it's, is it like the same things kind of happening where everything's very specific and you have to do everything a certain way and all these like rules. They did have some rules, but, um, it's, it's a great church and, um, but I just want to be baptized by immersion and that was it. 
And so what happened whenever they said, we can't do it that way? <laughs> well, I said, why not? And I never got a good answer. Right. Mm. Other than this is how we do it. And I said, well, that's not how I want it done. Seems like a stumbling yeah. block and, for and, a lot of people to be able to, I don't know, step into faith or a genuine person saying, I want to get baptized. And, and then that being the... <laughs> well, here, here, was, here was the irony of it. If I had been baptized in a different church, not the, the Mormon church, but mm -hmm. a, another Christian church, they would have accepted that baptism. But in their church, they wouldn't let me get mm. baptized the way I wanted to. So, and I wanted my friend to baptize me who was, who was my mentor, my spiritual mentor. He's one of my best friends to this day. Mm. And, wow. and um, so, and then, you know, they wanted me to like sign a contract and do different things. And then it was like, then you're subject to the elders and this. And I was like, hmm, this didn't sit well with me mm. just because of the formality of it and what the organization I had left. Mm. Mormonism was very organized and very, uh, hmm. you know, there's a certain way to do everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So there were certain hints of that that you were like, oh, I'm going to. So you, you said it led you into a second stream of questioning. Yeah. So uh, when I couldn't get baptized the way Jesus was baptized, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I started questioning, well, wait a minute, you know, what else is a problem? And so I, I, I began another round of doubting and I went down another path where. Um, I just started questioning the Bible and different things and different doctrines I had been learning uh, mm -hmm. since I left Mormonism. Um, and they didn't sit well with me, these doctrines. And so, um, you know, I didn't know how to process. If, if this doctrine isn't right, you know, then the Bible must not be right. And mm -hmm. I had been taught that my whole life growing up in Mormonism, the Bible is not uh, error-free. They, they, mm -hmm. they accept the Bible in Mormonism, mm -hmm. but it's only accepted, as they say, as far as it's correctly translated. Mm. And they say Joseph... Translated by who? Well, <laughs> yeah, by Joseph Smith. Yeah, He's right. got his own translation, and that's okay. part of their, doc, their uh, canonical, their canonical right. uh, mm. books, is they use the King James Version, but it's Joseph Smith's translated version okay mm -hmm. and so they've gone th joseph smith went through it and he started adding and changing some of the scriptures and stuff in the in the new testament and so i grew up thinking well the bible is not error free it's it's got all kinds of errors in it so for me it was easy to start questioning the bible and i right. did and i started I, I had an atheist friend who was an ex-mormon <laughs> mm -hmm. There's more people like me. <laughs> and uh, I worked with him, and, and he sent me these tapes of a professor at um, uh, North Carolina University, uh, Bart Ehrman. You've probably read his books. Mm -mm. Well, he's got a whole bunch of books out. And Bart Herman? Ehrman. Ehrman. Yeah. Bart Ehrman. And he, he's a, a pretty well-known scholar on um, early Christianity. Okay. Okay. And he heads up the, um, I don't know how to say it, but he heads up the uh, University of North Carolina, their religious studies. Okay. He's like their chair, I guess. Mm -hmm. Or at that time he was. And he put out these series of, of tapes about the Bible and what do we really know about it, what do we not? And there was all kinds of things I started learning. Like as an as a ex-Mormon, I didn't know. Like the Gospels are actually anonymous. Mm. Like... And so, no, you know, so that 
for me was difficult. It's not such a difficult teaching for me now, but at the time it was very difficult realizing, well, wait a minute, the four Gospels are anonymous. We don't know who the author actually is, and those authorship was ascribed to it. Um, you know, after after the uh, books came out and, mm. and, and the Bible was accepted. So mm-hmm. I started learning these things, and it became difficult for me to you know, accept the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I went down a, a period of time where I started, like, learning as much as I could about early Christianity, the Bible, and I just... If you don't want it to be true, you can find reasons to not accept it. Mm-hmm. And, and and so I didn't want to accept it, I guess, and just started uh, finding reasons not to. And I already believed it wasn't true because of Mormonism, so it wasn't that right. hard for me right. to just keep going. Yeah, of course it's not. Uh, it's not what is proclaimed to be. Right, right. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. it, I started losing my faith pretty quick. And some of the doctrines I was learning at that church didn't sit well with me. And um, I don't want to discredit the church because there's a lot of my friends that go there. Yeah, it's okay. But, but personally, the doctrines didn't sit well for me. Mm-hmm. They've accepted them, but I couldn't. Right. Were they things that were... Um at all connected to what you had believed in Mormonism or no, just different things? Just totally just different. Just uh, it'd right. be things like, you know, it, they don't proclaim this, but out of logic you can get there. And that is if some of us are chosen for salvation, predestined, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then others are chosen for destruction. destruction. And that was me, you know, apparently, right? right. So, or other people I knew who mm-hmm. weren't believers. So that was hard for me to accept some of the doctrines. Yeah. And that really paints a picture of who God is. Yeah. And so I, it was easy for me to start rejecting uh, God and, and the scriptures. Right. And I did. And so I eventually just lost my faith completely. Yeah. And you, uh, so whenever, when you left the Christian church, um, what was that experience like? As well. So you were Mormon. You left the Mormon church. Then you went to a Christian church. How long were you there? Oh, uh, I don't know. A couple of years, maybe at the most. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. And yeah. So I, 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 well, it wasn't just at that church. I visited a lot of churches yeah. throughout that period. But this one I became particularly affiliated with because mm-hmm. all my friends went there. And, and so. then when did you leave and why did you decide to leave? Uh, I left after they wouldn't baptize me uh, by immersion. I was okay. like, eh, I'm just, just, and I was, uh, my marriage was falling apart mm. at the time and, and it eventually did. And I think just after I got divorced and, you know, like I couldn't put these doctrines together and, uh, it was just easy for me to just walk away. Right. And mm. I did. And then you went into atheism. Yeah. I became an atheist pretty hardcore one <laughs> okay tell and, us about that yeah tell <laughs> us about that because i think that you you uh turned away from christianity and you know the you know the christian-based faith and went toward atheism like you just you did you just start diving into reasons why god doesn't exist or what did that atheism look like well for you? atheism for me was uh I, god was a monster for me like mm. i i realized God at that time uh, was a monster who deserved the very hell that I was condemned to. And Mm -hmm. we'll get into reasons Mm -hmm. why, but um, uh, I became uh, not anti-Christian at all. 
uh, all my friends were Christian hmm. and remained friends with them and very close. They're my closest friends. I've always been Christian. Hmm. But for me personally, I, I could no longer accept that God uh, was the person they were trying to portray he was in my life. Mm-hmm. And my life thus that far, thus far, mm-hmm. uh, no, there was no God for me. Right. And so I started questioning, well, did I even have a relationship with God? No. And so therefore he didn't exist. In fact, he wasn't the God they were even portraying he was. He was a monster for me. So like discrediting even the experiences that you had with, did you have experiences with God, connections with God? I've. I, as a, as a Mormon, I believed I had experiences with the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Um, and that's what kept me going, I think. Um, but in looking back, I didn't have experiences with God. I really, not, we'll get, we'll what get, we'll get later on. But at the time, no, I mean, I thought I did, but hmm. I since realized I hadn't. I and when you're at the Christian church, did you have the, that same type of a thing? Like you felt like you had experiences with the Holy Spirit or... Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, cause it kept me coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but again, I, I always felt, well, you can trick your mind into anything, mm-hmm. into believing anything. And I had done it once. Right. right. And so I even started questioning, like, how do you even know if God is speaking to you now? Mm-hmm. It's like, is, or is it your own thoughts in your mind? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is that what it became for atheism? Was it um, more of a rebellion and anger, or was it more of a logical pursuit of, I formulated this in my own mind, sorry. I formulated this in my own mind. This isn't, you know I mean? This was emotion, or this was, yeah. Both. Both? Yeah, okay. I, I, I'm pretty logical. Mm-hmm. At least I'm told I'm logical. <laughs> well, my wife might not think I'm logical at times. But, um, for me, it the doctrine didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So from a theological point of view, it didn't make sense. And then personally, God didn't exist for me because he was not a good God. So in your own experiences, you thought either if God exists, he's not the God that these people are talking about. Right. From yeah. a personal experience. And so even if he does exist, I don't want to, I want to have anything to do with him. If he is God and he does exist, he's a monster. Right. Right. And that gets back to, I mean, I'll be happy to share. I, as a child, I was very abused as a Mormon child hmm. by uh, an elder in the Mormon church for years. He became my stepdad. Mm-hmm. And so Jeez. it was a daily event uh, being mm-hmm. abused. And when we brought it to the church, they swept it under the table completely. Jeez. Yeah. The police were never called. Nobody... Nobody came wow. to our to my defense, so that had a major impact on my view of God, yeah, and who God was. And I, as a kid, I I, I do remember praying as a child, like God, make this stop, hmm. right? And I'd pray all the time to God, hmm. and I'm like, well, how come if he say who he says he is, why didn't he make it stop? Right. Yeah. And it wasn't. I mean, it was for years. It was most of my youth. Jeez, yeah. yeah. And it was your brothers too, right? I think you've told me that before. Yeah. Things happen. Yeah, so it was it was from uh, my, even before, uh, well, it was right when after we joined Mormonism. 
he befriended our family through the Mormon church. Mm-hmm. And they kind of set him up with my mom. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, because uh, families are forever, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so this forever family, well, he started abusing us um, as soon as he was introduced to our family. And then he later became my stepdad, moved into our house. And then it really Jeez. continued on uh, mm-hmm. in, well into um, mm-hmm. my entire youth, mm-hmm. pretty much. So yeah. it was both the fact that you were praying <laughs> yeah, I prayed. See. I prayed to this God to deliver me, mm-hmm. and I was like, "There's no delivery." Yeah. And so, you couple that with you know having your religion just cut out from underneath you when you do your personal study right. on on the history of Mormonism and and the things I learned through that, how I was deceived there, mm-hmm. and then it's you know the Bible's erroneous, right? Uh, I mean, and then it's like. I can't find another church that has doctrine that works. Right. And so for me, this was like super Bye. See That's you super, later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I'm out. See ya. I'm out. I'm completely out. And I did. I became say. completely out. Right. Yeah. And so I lived um, uh, uh, from, uh, I don't know what year, but it was just within ma- maybe uh, two or three years after Mormonism. Was there a freedom in it? Uh, yes, there was for me. There was freedom. There was freedom from um, the bondage of religion. Mm-hmm. And religion can bring bondage. Yeah. yeah. And it did for me. Yeah. What, what were some of the things that made you feel free? Um, free thinking. I could uh, pursue, you know, I wasn't tied to a set of beliefs anymore. Hmm. And so I, I was willing to, like, read anything from that point. Because I was always told I couldn't read right. outside material. Right. So atheism gave me a freedom, and it fit well with science, and it just provided an, a, a relief for me that I didn't get within the walls of religion. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I wanted to leave it all behind. Hmm. And part of that was the abuse. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I remember as a kid, my mom was—, was beaten pretty bad by one of her husbands, her second husband. And I, I can remember watching her getting beat by a telephone. And, mm. you know, you, you yell out to God to, hmm. yeah. to save the situation or save your mom. And, yeah. you know, as a, as a little kid, you're like, who else is going to do this? Right. And so. Yeah. So sorry for those yeah. experiences. It's, wow. um, it's not. Um, mm. The sad part is it's not uncommon it's, either. It's rampant. You know, it's um, rampant. People experience an, a lot of what you're talking about, and that's why I think it's so powerful uh, for you to share your story yeah. um, because there's a lot of people that are running away from God yeah. <laughs> uh, or don't want to receive anything to do with the monster, <laughs> yeah. this yeah. monster in the clouds, you know, somewhere who doesn't answer and doesn't respond. And and it's, it's not limited to the Mormon church or the Catholic church, but sexual abuse is everywhere yeah. mm-hmm. and, and physical abuse. Mm-hmm. And it can yeah. be between husbands and wives, parents, mm-hmm. children. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, it's very uh, dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you said that soon enough an emptiness came over you though. Because you had that freedom, obviously, the freedom for free thinking, and you weren't well, tied to it. Well, atheism was great for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're going to go. So it, I keep hitting I, your mic. I'm it, sorry. It's not like I didn't use it as a license to go just 
start committing a bunch of sin. I, mm-hmm. I tried to still live what I felt was a moral life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I did get divorced, and um, uh, within a couple years, I met my my wife now, Jenny. And I've been faithful to her, and um, I tried to be a good dad to my kids, and tried to be a good person mm-hmm. as as we try to view ourselves as good. So I, I it's yeah. not like I lost my morals because I came an atheist. Right. And most people think, oh, you're an atheist, you're immoral. Right. That's that's just a false falseness that yeah. people put out there. And you were living uh, an atheist life, and that was you did that for how long? How long were you an atheist? Where you were like, this is what I believe, there is no God, or else he's a monster. Until very know? recently. <laughs> <laughs> how many How many years went by? Probably 20. I, I could guess. I could piece it together, but it's most my adult life. 20 years as an atheist, yeah, and what was it that I mean? I started I, changing as an atheist. I I would, um, I, I, you know, I I would re- I'd go to YouTube and and watch the Christian versus atheist debates. I would read mm-hmm. books by Dawkins and mm-hmm. and and others and uh, Sam Harris, and mm-hmm. I just intellectually I found that stimulating for me. Um, and so it was very appealing for me uh, mm. as a, you know, somebody who likes to audit things and check check out what's yeah. happening. Yeah, their, yeah. their books were very appealing to me, mm-hmm. and uh, they made sense. And so this is was like, no, I'm not. I don't believe in God. I would go to churches. It didn't bother me to go to a church, hmm. but I didn't believe it. Right. I would go to church with Jenny occasionally. Really, as yeah, an atheist. As an atheist. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, one of my friends handed me a CD in 2009 of an Easter message by mm-hmm. uh, it's I call it a mega church in Atlanta, um, but it, I I listened to that CD and uh, I uh, decided I need to transcribe word for word what the pastor said, <laughs> and then I wrote like a 40 page paper. <laughs> <laughs> You're actually insane. <laughs> With my responses to why he was wrong at every level. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, so. You were committed. <laughs> I was committed, but I wasn't, um, I, I, I was never there to tear down somebody else's faith. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, as an atheist, I was married to a believer now. Right. And Jenny's a, she's a believer. And from the moment I met her, I, I handed her that paper like the very first time I met her, I think. My, oh my god! Because it was her church. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and you, you knew she was going there. Yeah. Well, when and, I met her, yeah. I'm like, "What church do you go to?" And she told me, and I'm like, "Oh, I got something for you to read." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Just so you know, this is what you're getting into, right? And, well, and she was cool with that. Well, I wanted, I her. wanted her to know because I, I yeah. again, I wanted to be authentic, mm-hmm, and right. so to me, it was important that she knew where I was with God because I knew right away she was a believer. I mean. Mm-hmm. It was very clear to me, you know, if somebody's a real believer, it's, it's not hard to, to pick them out. Yeah. <laughs> so I knew she was. And so I, I gave it to her to read and she read it she's like, that doesn't phase me one bit. Oh, <laughs> wow. Shoot. You're like, yeah. this is the woman for me. <laughs> I, I did say that actually from the, from, from the, really the moment I met her. Wow. I knew I wanted to marry her. Wow. She, wow. she just didn't know it. That's and you know what's interesting is that sometimes when uh, when people have a, an experience of going the opposite of religion and 
taking a stance of atheism, they almost push against and uh, and don't want an- want anything to do with people who are Christians or who believe in mm-hmm. a God or you know. And I've seen that yeah. in people, but you that wasn't really where it you were. It didn't bother me because um, it, I just it, I was open minded, but it, this was her journey, mm-hmm. and yeah. I had my own, and mm-hmm. and um, so it didn't bother me that mm-hmm. I I wasn't sure if it bothered her. But it didn't bother me. Right. And and so. I think that says a lot about uh, the way that you were navigating it is, and that you were being authentic to yourself. Yeah. Without needing someone else and other people to be the same the way that you are. Yeah. No, I, all my f- close friends were Christian mm-hmm. and, yeah. and they all knew where I was. Some of them even saw me um, leave, leave Christianity. And yeah. many who were my friends when I left decided not to be my friends but a few of them stuck around and Mm. and still were my friends despite my difference in thinking which says a lot for that's pretty powerful yeah it said and to this day it's powerful witness to me of who they are yeah they're true christians from from that perspective yeah yeah okay so So. you've you are uh you're an you're atheist you had a friend who was going to a church and i think it was like an easter service right you yeah, told me this before easter service and he was like hey listen to this service it's about jesus you know yeah, <laughs> or whatever about, yeah and he maybe was hoping that you'd listen to it and be kind of persuaded a little bit yeah. maybe about who jesus is and the you know that jesus lived and he died and he resurrected and right. all that and then you come back with a 40 page paper as right. to why this pastor was wrong <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. and then uh you you still stand strongly on those beliefs against no i don't believe in any of this yeah you end up becoming married to a christian yeah and then you guys you were married for i mean you still are married we're still married yeah (laughs) (laughs) thank god thank god yeah but your marriage uh i was into continued with that dynamic of you being atheist for a long time she being a christian yeah and uh she didn't sway she didn't sway i tried and for a long time you were still very you where you were as well genuinely don't believe in god yeah uh and you had you had shared with me a story and uh, if you want to share this yeah, too I'll about share. when she asked you to pray oh yeah uh, she's a couple times uh, well i'll tell you two stories okay one um she was having this was only a few years ago she was having um four or three or four of her vertebrae in her neck fused together uh, but and so she needed this operation, and uh, it's it's not life threatening, but it's not like open heart surgery or brain surgery. But for her, this was a big deal. She, uh, I think, she was really scared mm-hmm. uh, to have this operation, and uh, we were literally on the in, in at the hospital, and uh, she's all decked out with the nice hat they give you, and she had her IV going. And they hadn't given her the juice yet, the good juice (laughs) that puts you out. And the doctor's like, um, she's on the gurney, you know, ready for it to be wheeled off into surgery. And they give you a moment with your spouse or uh, to just whatever you're going to do with your spouse, you know. And uh, so we had this little two-minute or three-minute moment together that was... uh, Interesting. <laughs> uh, she looks at me, and literally, she's on the gurney, and she's like, "Chris, do you love me?" Of course, I love you. Yes. Then will you pray for me? 
That's, she's asking an atheist to pray for her, right? What do I do? Do I pray to a God I don't believe in? Or do I make something up and just pray for her because it's important for her? What do you think my answer was? <laughs> no. You said no to her. I said no to her. Yeah. And then she said, but I really need you to pray for me. Will you pray for me? Do you love me enough to pray for me? I said, I love you, but I'm not going to pray for you. And I tell that because it, a uh, couple reasons. One, um, I felt I needed to be true to myself as hard as it was for her to hear that. I didn't, I wanted to be authentic. We talked about the very first, uh, uh, part one, um, being authentic. And for me, if I had to pray for her when I didn't believe and I truly didn't believe in God, no, I'm not going to pray for you because that would be inauthentic. Hmm. And so I said no to her and they wheeled her off down to the surgery room. I, fortunately, she had other friends that prayed for her. And she, made it out. <laughs> she, she made it through the surgery, but, but no, I didn't pray for her. Jeez. Yeah. Was that hard for you? It was hard. I, yeah. It was very hard. I, I just, you know, after I'm like, could, I guess I could have just done it. I mean, mm. I, I felt horrible mm. to, if I'm being truthful, not because I didn't pray. I felt horrible for her mm. that she needed me at that moment. And I said, no, Wow. I couldn't be the person she needed me to be for her. I couldn't really be there for her. She mm. needed that prayer at that moment. Mm. And it was important enough, enough for her to ask me as an atheist. Right. But how, what do you do if you don't believe? I mean, yeah. so that was tough. That was a tough moment in our relationship, I'm sure. Mm. For and for her more than for me. It, yeah. Yeah. But that really exemplifies how much I you d- really didn't believe in God and didn't want yeah. to even act like you believed in him. No, I wasn't going to pretend to do with it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wanted to be authentic. Yeah. So, and what was the other story? The other one, uh, I don't think I've told you, Daryl. Um, the other one, it was not too long ago. <laughs> one of my kids um had called me um they were having a hard time over something and uh this was pretty recent um and uh i'm telling her a little bit about it because we share between us get advice from each other and everything was fine like we were just having a good time and my son called i was telling her about it she's like you know what i'm gonna send him uh the serenity prayer and I'm like, what? You're going to do what? I'm going to send your son the serenity prayer. I said, why would you do something like that? <laughs> She's like, uh, because it might help him. And I'm like, no, don't you dare send my son the serenity prayer. I don't want you to do that. I've taught him to be an atheist, and I don't want you messing with his mind with this serenity prayer. Why would you even go do that hmm. and don't. And we ended up getting a very big argument over it. Wow. And this was, how long ago was that? A year and a half. Oh, wow. That was right before your journey kind of started. Yeah, <laughs> it was right before. Wow. Like literally right before. And uh, we had a big uh, disagreement, one of our worst disagreements wow. ever, because I think she realized this guy, <laughs> there's no hope for him. So this was, this was Jenny? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is recent. <laughs> Dang. A year and a half ago. That's yeah. actually very that's actually very recent. That I thought it was recent. longer than that. Yeah. So um that was uh one of those other moments, you know, yeah. and, and but this time I was angry. I was like, mm. No, you're not gonna do that. Keep your religion to yourself is what's going through my mind. And right. I, I don't want you sending that to my kids. Mm-hmm. And, she, you know, it was so innocent on her part. It was just, hey, this, you know, I, I can't I can't recite it, but I've since read it. It's it's a nice little prayer. prayer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's used in all kinds of organizations, mm-hmm. uh, AA and, and addiction to help mm-hmm. help mm-hmm. people, right? So mm-hmm. yep. it's not, it's not uh, super, it's spiritual, but not... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say. With no, that, I give but, it. But it's like give us the strength to change it, what we can yeah. change, accept what like, we can. Really, yeah. that that's yeah. such a big deal that right. I can't send that to your right. son. And I'm like, well, you wanted nothing to do with God. It makes sense. Oh, you, you wanted didn't. nothing to do with him. Yeah, and you you didn't want your kids either. No, yeah. no, yeah. I'd. I makes sense. I taught my kids. Uh, I had donated all the Bibles uh, long, many ages ago to the, right. to, to charity, so I didn't have them in my house. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't want anything to do with them. Yeah, you know, I didn't. I didn't really want Jenny putting up any type of Christian stuff in the home. I mean, I let her. But no, bless these. This home. Well, <laughs> she did. But as for me and my house, I just we'll ignored it. I just would see it. And, ah, okay, mm. whatever. If that's important to her, I guess I can deal with that. There's right. worse things in life, right? Right. So yeah, I was, I did you put okay. up atheist flat <laughs> no. plaques and, <laughs> around the house? <laughs> no, I, I didn't. But uh, I, but here's the reality: uh, everybody knew. I, I'm I'm not one to be shy. All my friends know, mm-hmm. um, and so I I didn't. I made it well known. Yeah, it, it was that was who I was, and that's what I yeah I believed. Yeah. So can we transition into what? what brought about the change yeah yeah i want to did you have something else daryl no i was i was when you mentioned your son i was going to ask you about a more recent conversation that i know that you had but maybe we'll get to that yeah uh we don't have to get to it if we do we will but if not it's okay let's hear about yeah so how did i what 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 happened? happened yeah so uh it's we were living in georgia at the time and uh we came out here maybe two years ago roughly when was covid it was right during COVID. Yeah, two yeah. years ago. Um, so we put our house on the market. Uh, we wanted to move by her parents. There were some health health issues going on, and we're like, "Yeah, let's move from Georgia to California." Now I know everybody goes the opposite way, <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> away from California. But we were moving here, and we did. And uh, it was a, a summer, a year and a half ago. Um, she was going to church with her son Wyatt, my stepson uh, Wyatt. Uh, was uh, he at the high school um, some friends had invited him to church mm-hmm. and he started going to a local church here and Jenny started going with her son of course he's living at home and I stayed home and mowed the lawn or watched football or cleaned out the garage again you know for the 10th yeah. time I just found other things to do yeah <laughs> so and she was going and, you know, she'd come back and I'd ask her a few questions like, how, how was church? And I quickly realized the doctrines were the same as the ones I got um, close to when I was in Atlanta that I mm. wanted to be baptized in. So mm-hmm. I was well prepared, I felt. Um, 
with these doctrines that to destroy them. Yeah. <laughs> and so she's going and I'm like, and I just didn't like what she was learning. And I, I don't like it when God is limited and God is limited when God, um, can only save certain people and not mm-hmm. others. Right. So for me, I felt, Oh, she's learning more of this nonsense. And like, yeah, I'll go. I'll go with her to church then, and um, because I can discredit this, and I can probably talk through with her, and finally get her to leave Christianity, you know, just um, or at least not go so much, so we could mm-hmm. go do things on Sunday <laughs> instead of <laughs> her going to church and I'm sitting at home. I didn't, yeah. I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to spend more time with her, not with God. So if I can go and uh, to her church and then talk with her about what she's learning and discredit it, then maybe we find, maybe we go to the beach instead on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I started going and, uh, you know, pretty quickly I, I meet up with their pastor, one of their uh, lead educational pastors and I'm meeting him for coffee. Um, and I just remember the very first time I sat with him at Starbucks and, uh, he looks out and he looks at this tree and points to it. He goes, what do you see out there? Uh, that points to the tree and I'm like, that's a tree. He's like, well, I see God in that tree. I'm like, nah, I see green leaves. There's no God in that tree. He's like, well, where do you think the tree came from? Like, uh, came from a seed. Oh, good. (laughs) Good answer. Where do you think the seed came from? Another tree. Okay, Chris. Okay. But where did that tree come from or that seed tree come from i said another seed i mean we can go on all day tree seed tree seed tree seed Mm -hmm. so uh, i i remember telling him it'll take a miracle from god for me to believe in god that was my statement to him i was like it'll take a miracle and so i started meeting with him and um i you know he would say i already knew what he believed right i knew it well and so we would meet, and then I would write 20 pages. <laughs> and I would, I, I literally, I'd come home, Jenny would be like, how did it go? And I'm like, hmm, I've got some writing to do. So I'd write 20 pages, and I'd, I'd send it to him, literally, the poor guy. <laughs> and uh, I'd send it to him of, you know, okay, I, I'm going to pick areas that I know are difficult intentionally difficult and uh he would he would send an email back like there was like one sentence (laughs) (laughs) so 20 pages yeah and it would make me so angry because i'm like he's not answering my questions and he would just say things like i don't have a problem with anything you wrote now i didn't know how to take that necessarily like he agreed with it or did he it didn't matter to him or He's got answers. I wasn't sure. Hmm. All right. So I'm like, here's another note. And I'd send him another 10 pages. And I was uh, just going back and forth with him. And I just never felt he was actually answering my questions. And I think at this point I was um, happy if he couldn't answer them because then it confirmed my atheism. Mm -hmm. And it confirmed that what I was believing was true. And so... um, 
through that process, uh, we we became really good friends. Actually, I consider him a friend, mm-hmm. um, even though he was a pastor of another church, of of a church, and uh, I've always enjoyed meeting with him. I've even as an atheist, I enjoyed learning what people believe and talking mm-hmm. about it, even though yeah. I didn't believe it myself. Mm-hmm. It was always okay. So that started me down a path. Uh, um. I didn't enjoy um, uh, the answers I got, and but I'd come home and Jenny would be like, "Well, how was it this week with him?" and and I would be like, "Oh, just more frustration." Mm-hmm. And I'd go with her to church, and I remember sitting in in the audience, and it was like I wanted to scream at the pastor every time he brought up like. God's so sovereign. He, you know, he controls everything. He controls every moment of every aspect of your life. And I was, like me getting abused. <laughs> that's exactly right. what. Yeah. And I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute! This God caused this. Mm-hmm. He actually wanted me to be abused, right? And he actually. And so, to me, it was easy to reject yeah. from experiment from my experience. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to stand up and shout at this pastor, right? Um, and what he was saying from the pulpit, and it really drove me away again. Hmm. But Jenny, <laughs> she stays faithful. Uh, she didn't accept all the doctrine, per mm-hmm. se, but that's not why she was going. She already had faith, and so it didn't right. matter what he was saying to her, what she was getting out of the sermons, because she her faith wasn't dependent upon a doctrine. She had her own relationship with God. Hmm. separate from doctrine, which I didn't understand. And so for me, it was, well, you know, I'm going to reject this, and I did. But she kept going, and I was like, oh, <laughs> this isn't working, my plan. Mm. <laughs> you know, I want to be going to the beach. Right. And so um, I finally at w- decided one. I'm like, you know what, if she's going to just keep going to church, I'm going to go find her a church. That isn't preaching this. That's, yeah. <laughs> that, that, sh- that I think, you know, would at least not teach these things. Right. And so I got on the internet, and I picked the very church that I knew she wouldn't like. <laughs> Center point. <laughs> <laughs> Our church. Your church. <laughs> it was. It was intentionally chosen. <laughs> to get Jenny out of church. Well, she, she doesn't realize this, but the church she was going to, and I don't want to... I love the people there, and and I, the pastor I meet with, I consider a friend. So I don't want to talk negative about the church, but there's a lot of negative things said about Center Point, about this church, and the church, and <laughs> so I'm like, well, that's the church I'm going to go to because then she'll reject, right? Mm-hmm. And so I picked Center Point and I went, and um, she wouldn't come with me. She wouldn't go to church with me. She had her church, and I started going to Center Point. <laughs> you started going to church Wait, by yourself. You, start, <laughs> yeah. you, you got you duped yourself, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, you started going to Center Point yeah. to try and get her out of church, and right. you started going to church. Yeah. So, uh, well, I was going because God's up in heaven. I like. figured <laughs> she wouldn't go to Center Point, and then I can say, "Well, see, there you go. You know, I'm not. I'm going to a church she doesn't want to go to. I tried, and I'm done." Yeah. So, <laughs> and uh, so I go, and uh, she's. I went for I don't know maybe two months, and I was she wasn't gonna come. 
to Center Point. And uh, she eventually did come to the church. But I still didn't believe in God. I was just going. And then she started coming to Center Point. And I think it took her a little bit to, to kind of loosen up to come to Center Point. Because she had heard so many negative things about the church. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And none of them were true, but mm-hmm. people talk and people say things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For whatever reason they have, they have reasons. So, yeah. That was kind of how it started. Okay. And how did that contribute to your your personal journey of of the pains that you had experienced in the past, the things that you had rejected in the past? Now you're coming to this church to try to uh, <laughs> try to dupe your wife out of going to church. <laughs> but how did that how did that dynamic play into your personal experience? <laughs> I can't believe. <laughs> I can't believe you came to Center Point trying not to go to church, and you end up going to you, church you, by yourself. And you came every Sunday. I've, I've, I've seen you here every Sunday since yeah. that, since the first time I met you, which was the first time you came after Christmas. You had come to a Christmas service. Well, she went with me to Christmas. She oh, did okay. not like it. She did not like you throwing snowballs. <laughs> she was not about that? No, not at all. We sat in the back, and uh, snowballs were thrown, and, and I'm like, this is great, you know, because what church has fun? Right, right, right. Church right. is not supposed to be fun. Right. And uh, I knew she didn't like it, so this was perfect. And she didn't come back for, a, for I don't know how long it was, several several. But like you were two. coming every week. Well, because I knew she wasn't. Yeah. And I started coming, and, um, you know, it, uh, it's, it slowly started to change for me when I started coming to Centerpoint. Um, and it wasn't the only church that I was visiting, mm-hmm. by the way. You guys yeah. don't get all the the claim to fame. No, I, know, um, I, know I, I started going to uh, a whole bunch of different churches. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but that was a little bit later. Um, I wasn't stuck on center point. I didn't want to be pigeonholed into a single doctrine. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I started visiting a bunch of different churches around, um, the Valley here. Mm. And, um, they were all uh, very similar in theology, uh, from the central messages, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but Jenny didn't uh, didn't care to go to those, and she was going to her. So I I would felt pretty safe, and and by the way, this was the one church I knew she wasn't going to. So this is the one I kind of cling to the most. Mm. Yeah, and you you at one point you you were identifying as an atheist, and then you started identifying as a seeker, hmm. mm. and what. What happened, what happened there? <laughs> yeah. What was that? Um, well, I started going to, uh, I figured I would join some of these, uh, I don't know if they're called fellowship groups or study groups, but like Friday they do a men's group. Right. Um, yeah. Friday morning. And it's pretty casual and it's not just center point people. It was um, individuals from various churches and the ones I was visiting, uh, Cornerstone, Impact, 412, all these churches people come and they get together on Friday morning and they just go through the proverb of, of the calendar day of the week on that Friday and they talk about it and they have prayer. Well, I thought, Hey, this is a great place. There's, you know, a bunch of men who come together. This is a great place for me to ask my questions that they can't answer. And I figured if they couldn't answer them, it confirms my atheism. How do you confirm atheism? How are you going to confirm it? (laughs) <laughs> how does an atheist know what he's learning is true 
Well, if other people can't answer the questions, then it gives you confirmation. Hmm. Right. And so I figured I'm going to go to this Friday group and they can't answer my questions. And I'm, I'm like, I'm going to meet with the leaders of that group and see what they can do. So I scheduled coffee time with them and two of them met with me. They know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then we met and they struggled. That, to be honest, they know that, and I know that, and they struggled. So for me, it was, oh, well, they can't answer it. They struggled to answer your questions. Yeah, mm. yeah, mm-hmm. because I knew which questions are hard to ask. Right, right. But they were genuine questions for me. That's the whole problem. Right. They, these were the questions that were keeping me from knowing who God is. Right. At least I thought they were, the, the mm. questions. Yeah. And, um, but they were patient. They accepted me a lot. Some, some of the other uh, churches I visited, um, didn't want me coming and asking questions. And I actually been <laughs> asked to not come basically and ask questions. Mm-hmm. So that's always a red flag for me. If you can't ask whatever question you want. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, that was I'm difficult for me. Yeah. But, um, these, these guys, no, they were like, no, bring them on, man. Yeah. It's okay. Let's talk about and, it. And, you know, they didn't always have to have the answer. I actually appreciated it when they said, we don't know. Hmm. That was a relief to me (laughs) because in Mormonism, there is no, I don't know you. you There's an answer for everything in Mormonism. So for me, when I heard, we don't know that that's a mystery of God, God's greater than our mind can think that was, Ooh, that's good. Okay, hmm. I like that. You don't need to know everything. <laughs> well, uh, if we know all about God, he's limited, mm-hmm. right? He's limited to what we understand about him. So mm-hmm. that's that's not God. God right. can't be limited. And so I, I started going to these groups and asking a whole bunch of questions. And uh, I just think through that process, I started um, questioning myself uh, whether or not what I had learned and why I left uh, religion. I say the word religion. Yeah. I left religion, why that was, and who God is. And they all seemed like they really believed this. Hmm. I'm like, these guys really believe. They're, they're, they're not perfect. They don't claim to be perfect. And that was a relief for me also mm-hmm. to um, realize people... And guess what? They were admitting their sins in front of the group. And I'm like, huh? What what kind of people like talk about their failures? Right. That was an eye opener for wow. me. Yeah. They were humble enough to talk about difficulties they were having, whether it's in their marriage or relationships or right. you know, jobs or personal sin in their life. And I was yeah. like, Whoa. Who does that in a group? (laughs) Yeah. You know, these aren't self-help groups. They aren't addiction help groups, but these are real guys living out their real lives with real difficulties and struggles. And that, I think, was appealing to me to see Mm. guys who are um, trying to better themselves but realize they're not perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So that was appealing for me. Why was that appealing for you? Because in Mormonism, you have you, it's you put on a facade. It's the exact opposite, mm-hmm. and you're you're progressing to become God. And mm-hmm. these guys wanted nothing to do with becoming a god. They just wanted God to save them. Mm-hmm. There's right. a big difference. Yeah. And so the gospel, wow. the gospel of grace, 
was shown through them to me. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And I didn't understand that gospel Mm. of grace. Hmm. And that kind of slowly started to... It started slowly, and I uh, would ask questions about that, and um, they would, of course, they were very capable of answering those questions. Right. Yeah, because they had experienced God in their own personal lives. That's Hmm. the difference Hmm. for me. And I started to see that in these groups, and they welcomed me with their open arms, even with despite my questions, despite being an atheist, it didn't matter for them Yeah, I was an atheist. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. And so some of the, the, um, problems you had in the past were you were rejected for asking questions. You were told to stop asking questions or, Hey, don't bring those questions here in both, both the Mormon and the Christian church. Yeah. Christian churches. Yeah. I mean, even recently, yeah, recently I don't want to say the name, but I, I joined a study group of, of another church and I went and, you know, was on the book of John. I'm like, what better book could I, but I, at this point I was, I didn't realize it, but I'd become a seeker Mm -hmm. versus a skeptic. And, the difference was at some point I said, I'm going to put all my bias aside. I'm going to try to just start the playing field over. Mm-hmm. I don't know if God even exists. I'm not going to claim he does or doesn't. Mm. I'm going to drop everything. I think Rachel touched on this in mm. her podcast with mm-hmm. you guys. I, I heard her say this. Yeah. And it was like, that's me. I, I let everything go, uh, my disbelief and my belief. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like, I'm going to start over completely mm-hmm. from the start and see what I can piece together, if anything. And if it doesn't piece together, it doesn't piece together. I'm mm-hmm. just going to go wherever I, I, the truth leads me to. Right. Yeah, and you had open hands. Yeah. You had, like, reopened your hands yeah, to, like, okay, I, I, whatever happens, right. whatever I discover, I'm going to be okay with. Right, and it didn't matter. It would go one way or the other. Yeah. And so if, if I remained an atheist, I was okay with that. Mm-hmm. I'd come to terms with atheism, and that is, you know, you're, there's no hope in atheism. There's an emptiness. If I'm being truthful, hmm. there's an emptiness. There's no hope beyond anything beyond the grave. You're going to return to the dust of the earth. There's no afterlife. And there's, you know, I spent a lot of time thinking about that and mm-hmm. that philosophy. And it was really hard for me to come to terms with it. But I did come to terms with it at yeah. one point and accept it. Mm-hmm. And this was, okay, well, that might be wrong. You know, I, 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 I'm not going to take claim that I understand everything anymore and I'm going to start over and just see where I'm led, mm-hmm. um, and, and investigate still. Mm-hmm. And so I'll come and ask my questions. And so that's why I started visiting so many different churches in the Valley here, because right. I wanted to not just get center points perspective. I wanted to see perspective from other churches. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, sure. yeah. and mm-hmm. so I started asking questions and. I mean, I just, all my friends from different churches, they all know how many questions I ask and they, they still are okay with it. <laughs> so, so what were some of the core things that you started to piece together that made you more open? Hmm. Um, well, I'll just tell you uh, most of it I've rejected uh, or not rejected. I'm, I'm, I, I've haven't come to terms with yet, but through this process, um, I was like, okay, this Bible that's in front of me, you know, what do I do with this? Because I, I've rejected it for my entire life. Mm-hmm. And there's parts of it. I'm like, I don't know if it's allegory or if it's to be taken literally. I still don't have that answer, by the way. 
Um, but what I did say, instead of just rejecting it, is there any truth in it that I can pull out mm-hmm. that I could say, well, okay, is there something I can grab onto that this book teaches mm, right. that, that I can accept as truth? Hmm. And most of it I was like, I'm having difficulty because I was looking at doctrines rather than what the message of the, of the New Testament was. Hmm. Wow. And so um, I um, decided I would do the, uh, the red line version of, of my study, which was just I'm going to go through it and pick out what the words of Jesus are hmm. and see what it teaches me. Because at the core, that's what it's supposed to be about him and his ministry and what he taught. And so, well, what is that? What is that teaching? And um, so I spent time uh, going through the New Testament, pulling out every scripture I could think of that Hmm. went through this and kind of outlined, well, what's the central message? And I remember a pastor I was talking to, he's like, this was before I uh, went through this process. He's like, so what is it you're, you're seeking there, Chris? Like, what are you after? Why do you come to church? And um, what is it you want out of this? I, I don't know, you know, but this I do know. I want to be able to find what do I sink my feet on mm-hmm. as a foundation? What's firm? What's my firm foundation going to be? What's truth? Yeah. What's yeah. truth? What I think can that's I, an important question to ask. Question. And not mm-hmm. one that's going to change because truth can't change mm-hmm. or wouldn't be true. So what am I going to stand my feet on? Mm. And uh, I think I was doing a lot of self-reflection, who I am as a person, um, you know, I'm getting older, so you know, what are they going to say uh, at, my, at my funeral, right? What are my kids going to stand up and say? Oh, dad, uh, dad was a good business person. Hmm. Dad, uh, hmm, what are what are my kids going to say? Those are hard questions for me to answer. Hmm. So then I was like, hmm. So yeah, I uh, spent time thinking through what's that foundation and i believe i found it in the new testament which was <laughs> yeah <laughs> wow um i love how every everything that you do is a cliffhanger <laughs> you say things and then you're like mm-hmm. you live he lives on the edge you live yeah <laughs> cliffhanger it's good movie <laughs> it's good. um was that Sylvester Stallone? well yeah um what is that yeah it's well let me tell you about an experience that brings that out okay so here i am seeking and i became a true seeker you talked about mm-hmm. you aaron or uh, daryl said at some point yeah at some point i really became a seeker mm-hmm. I, there was a guy i walked in the church one day and i met this guy behind me and he goes hi i'm so-and-so and i'm like hi i'm chris i'm a seeker <laughs> he's like hmm <laughs> but that's how i labeled myself i hate labels and I've, you know, been labeled an atheist. Well, uh, you know, okay. But I transitioned to what I would call a seeker. And that's somebody who's really just wants to know the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, it's been a painful process for me. Very difficult um, over this last 18 months to um, work to get where we are today at the podcast. Um, because I've had to shed so many of my uh, disbeliefs and doubts um, and shed beliefs, things that I thought were true. 
Um, so basically, I've, my whole world's flipped upside down. I've had to doubt my doubts, and I've had to uh, um, I've had to doubt the things that I believed. Hmm. Um, so it's it has been a very difficult process. But um, I I thought and became a true seeker, and um, it's not too long ago I had an uh, what I would say, uh, an radical encounter with God. Hmm. Yeah. And that experience, um, has provided me, uh, the foundation to stick my feet on. From, yeah. Yeah. And it was, um, well, I'll tell you. Uh, yeah, it. please do. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I was invited to a movie, um, by a pastor of another church. It's all right. <laughs> You're a good pastor too, Aaron. But you never, you never. I'm like a different pastor. Yeah, you never invited me to a movie. <laughs> hey, you're a good pastor, but where's the movie? Yeah, well, how come you didn't pay for my movie? So it was on a Friday afternoon in the middle of September, so very recent. And yeah. uh, he's like, "Hey, do you want to go to the movie? You and your wife with myself and my wife." And I'm like, "Well." It's Friday at three thirty, so I asked Jenny. Well, she wasn't feeling well, so she's like, "Well, you just go." Cause she was always encouraging. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So I text him back. Yeah, I'll meet you there. And he sends me the ticket. I didn't even bother to look what movie it was. I just, it's like something to do on a Friday I had nothing better to do. And I go to the movie and I'm sitting, well, on my way there, I, I, I've been seeking for like 18 months. It's been a while, like a long time. And Hmm. Oh, I think I was ready to give up. Yeah. Um, I had just gone down this journey and I couldn't hear God's voice. I couldn't see God. Um, I didn't know who God was and I was tired of seeking, tired of putting energy into it, just exhausted because I had been putting a lot of energy into this at, by this point. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to know, and I didn't think I could hear God's voice. Hmm. I certainly hadn't seen him, <laughs> no burning bush or anything. I'd never seen an angel. Uh, I, you know, I'm a skeptic, so uh, you really have to prove it to me. And um, I was sitting in the movie, and the movie, uh, I didn't sit with the pastor. I sat with a friend I happened to meet there who I knew from one of my groups. And he was sitting alone in the very front row. Um, and I'm told the pastor's wife, uh, well, the pastor was parking his car. I said, I'm going to go down and sit with my friend who's in the front row. So I did. Of course, they were fine with it. And I was sitting there watching the movie, and it started. And for an hour and a half, the movie played. And I watched the screen. And for an hour and a half, you know, I could hear what was being said. But... For an hour and a half, uh, God spoke to me that night. Pretty powerful. And uh, my own movie started playing in my mind, um, like flashing through my life of all these things I'd done in my life that were not pleasing to God. And he absolutely convicted me of these just things that I'd done in my life from way back when I was a kid, how I treated kids on the schoolyard, to people at work, 
how I treated people at work and how callous I've been as a person at work to, you know, how I treated my children and my first wife, uh, just a conviction on all accounts, on all parts of my life for an hour and a half. And I was just, I had a puddle of tears in my lap from God convicting me of who I really was and not who I was portraying myself to be that inauthentic person, that, that person who's done some just horrible things in their life, right? Over, over the years, we've all done them. But I didn't think I was that bad. When I go back to that, you know, uh, a year earlier or a year and a half earlier with that first pastor I started meeting, he asked me, do you think you're a sinner? Hmm. Yeah, I, I make mistakes, I said. Mistakes. Well, mistakes are sin without God. That's a mistake. If you don't believe in God, they're not sin because sin doesn't exist. Hmm. They're just mistakes you make in your life. And I had a lot of mistakes at that point. God was telling me all the mistakes I had made in my life, and it did for an hour and a half. And so I'm just in tears during the movie. Unfortunately, the lights are dim. (laughs) Mm. I didn't want anyone to see me. And the credits start playing to the movie, and I'm like, I'm out of here. I don't want my friend next to me to see me, and I certainly don't want the pastor who invited me to see me. So I split, like, before the credits, before the lights come on, I, I was out of there so fast and I went to my car. I didn't want to, I didn't want to talk to anyone or anything. And so I started to have a conversation with God on the way home. I'm like, God, if that's you like speaking to me, it's not good enough. That's not good enough for me. Like I, I have so many doubts that I doubted if that was even from God, and I started to question, well, this is just me in my mind playing tricks on me again, and it's done it my whole life, so Mm. how is this any different? And on my car ride home, I'm like telling God, no, that's not good enough. Even though an hour or uh, 30 minutes before I got to the movie, I was telling him I'm done. And if you don't reveal yourself to me, I'm not, I'm, I'm done. Like, I'm going to start not going anymore to church or I'm not going to go to Centerpoint or any of the other churches I've been visiting on a regular basis. Because Sunday I'll, I'll go to Centerpoint and then I'll go to another church right after service. Um, because I wanted to hear God's voice and I wasn't getting it anywhere, not even at Centerpoint. Mm-hmm. And um, so this wasn't good enough for me, and God knew it. And uh, I said, God, if this is you, you really need to make yourself known to me. So the whole yeah. the whole car ride home, that was my conversation. So I get home, and Jenny's already asleep in bed because um, uh, she has to get up early in the morning, like super early, 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes to bed early, and so do I. But... Uh, that whole night, God continued to play the movie. I had a lot of mistakes, and it, all night long, I never, I never went to sleep the entire night that Friday night. Wow! And the whole night, He played the movie. He He helped me remember things I had long forgotten, things I had done. I was like, I don't even, I didn't even remember those things, and He was reminding me all night long. <laughs> wow. And I had tears all night long just from it. And uh, I wake up Saturday, and I'm a bumbling baby. (laughs) 
I'm a bumbling baby. And my wife, uh, Jenny, finally goes, what, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you crying so much? I was like, I don't know. I, I can't explain it. I don't want to explain it. Can we talk about this later? And she's like, did I do something wrong? You know, I'm like, well, not this time. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> you didn't do anything wrong. But no, it was um, God was um, showing me that I, I needed uh, God. I needed him to save me. And uh, he was showing me all my, my sin that I had tried to forget about. Hmm. And so that was all day Saturday. And so then I'm like, that's not good enough. That's, I don't know if this is God yet speaking to me. Mm. And so I decided to fast for a week. Yeah, fast and pray. And I said, if this is you, God, you, you need to make yourself known to me. And for the whole week, I just, he did. The whole week, uh, he spoke to me and he told me some things I needed to hear about who I was and and um, my need for a savior. Wow, it's pretty powerful for me. I um, had so many doubts. I was doubting God just over and over, and it was like this isn't good enough because if you want me to change or you want me to follow you, you got to make it so known to me that I don't doubt anymore. Yeah. And uh, um, all my friends know how much I doubt. And so this was God's way to speak to me in a way that I can't deny now. Yeah, that he exists, that he's real. And so for the whole week, uh, he, he was speaking to me, and I asked him to just take any ugliness that I have out of me, hmm. burn, oh. it up, burn it burn it out of me, and make me into a new person. And he has. Hmm. Wow. He literally has. Yeah, he's changed my heart and how I view people and just uh he's really given me a, a new a new life, a new a transformed he transformed my heart. It's not something I did, it's not something I wanted. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not something I asked. I did ask for it. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> Eventually he did all. <laughs> but it, it, I say that, yeah. but yeah, I really I was so contrary to God. I so didn't believe in him. And then, boom, this happens. And I'm like, I can't explain this. Right. It, it's not me. It's not, mm-hmm. I, I'm not the one who's viewing all of a sudden somebody different because of what I, I've heard it over and over. How you should love your neighbor. But it didn't resonate, yeah. right. uh, the love of God. And so to answer your question, that core gospel for me is, I think it's best summed up in First John chapter 4. And there's three passages in uh, 7, 8, 9. And if you read them, it's basically God loves you so much that he gave his son for you so he can reconcile you with God. And um, that's powerful. (laughs) And then the other half of that is he asks us to go love others. And it was something I was incapable of doing. I couldn't love others because I didn't realize God loved me. And until I realized that and he changed my heart, I, I just didn't have the capability of loving mm-hmm. others. I, th- I was nice to people or tried to be nice to people, but it's more than, it's more than that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's how you even view people. Right. 
It's you have to have a transformed heart to see them the way God sees them. Right. Mm. And if you can see somebody the way God sees them, then you can love them no matter who they are. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, it was powerful for me because I didn't view people this way. I didn't trust people. People were, hmm. I was an introvert. <laughs> hmm. So if, if I know that's surprising to you guys, but if you, I, I would have considered myself an introvert and most, most of you would say, no, he's not an introvert, but <laughs> it's because God, God's changed my heart. Yeah. And I can't, I don't deny it. I can't. And what about the doubts now? Right. You didn't ask that question yet, <laughs> but before we get to that. So to me, that was the foundation I could sink my, my, my feet on. It didn't matter where I go, what faith I follow, uh, what church, if center point, if I had to move tomorrow, it wouldn't matter to me. Right. Yeah. And that's what I was looking for. What's the teaching? What's the one thing I can grab from the new Testament or the Bible that makes it alive for me, makes mm-hmm. it true. And that's the teaching. Yeah. And it's the, to me, it's the most fundamental and it's the core of what the gospel is. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's God what is I, love. He loves you. Yeah. Now you can love him and love others. Well, he, he loved us first. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And that's what it showed me. Mm-hmm. Like during that week, he told me he loved me mm-hmm. despite all these things that he was playing in my mind. And he wow. had, to, he had to show me the ugliness so he could save me. Hmm. That was the difference. And I, I like felt this ugliness I didn't want to be anymore I didn't want to be that person and when he when he took that away it showed me that he does love me and he saved me and so that's it he saved me when I didn't deserve it wow and so and then it's like okay well what do you do with that well it's the next verse it's go love you know come follow me go love that's what he asks us to do, to love mm-hmm. others. And how do you do that? You can only do that if you can see people the way God sees them. And if you can see people the way God sees them, you can love them despite who they are. Yeah. And so that was powerful for me. It's been a, a life transformation for me. Yeah. That I didn't expect. I had no idea was out there. My eyes were completely blinded to it. This, this... Yeah, I could read it. You read it. But until God does something to your heart, it's just words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now it's not, I just don't find it difficult to care about other people where before I, I didn't want to. Wow. It's huge. Yeah. You know, when you were talking about that experience, that week long, yeah. <laughs> week long experience of, of, all of your sins and the ugliness within yourself being brought to the forefront of your mind, yeah. you know, for seven days or for the whole week. Yeah. It could be easy to, to think that you were, uh, feeling that you would feel condemnation or feel condemned for all of the bad things you did and feel like, Oh, I'm such a terrible person and, and feel that condemnation. But you just said something that I think maybe makes all the difference is that, in the midst of you realizing and seeing all the ugliness come to the forefront, mm-hmm. you had the experience of God saying, I still love you. Yeah. And it wasn't a, I condemn you for these things, but I love you, even though these ugly things have been inside of you or, you know, you've made these mistakes. Like, I still love you. And that is, I think, 
makes a big difference from like the conviction that we can feel yeah. of the sin in our lives that mm-hmm. God can convict us of our sin. Mm-hmm. And it's not a feeling of he's mad at us and he hates us because of it. Yeah. But we're convicted of our sin and we still know his love yeah. his, and his love that draws us to him. And There's changes a big us. difference between condemnation and conviction. Yeah. Condemnation is penalty. It's a, it's God, um, showing, uh, you know, just punishing you. Right. Mm-hmm. Conviction is different. That's a, um, you have to be convicted so you can be saved. You're not going to be condemned to be saved. You've got to be convicted. You have to know in your heart that uh, you need salvation. It's something yeah. I couldn't recognize. I didn't believe. Uh, yeah, I didn't believe I needed that until God actually showed me I needed it. Mm. And that's how I've been living as an atheist. I don't need God for anything. And that's not really even the doctrine of the Mormon Church, right? No, it has nothing you, to do with Mormon Church, you, right? Because you earn it basically right yeah and um you know this is grace theology right at its core um and that i uh, i struggle to um see the grace theology in mormonism and Mm. it's it's completely Mm -hmm. the opposite in my mind yeah because you earn your salvation and they say well you earn it and then you still fall short and jesus makes up the difference even that is not grace theology it's a, it's a it's a hybrid a mixed drink right it's, there yeah, yeah. it's a yeah. hybrid it's yeah. a hybrid i used to listen to a pastor he always said grace has to be drunk straight yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's fair that's yeah. a that's a fair comment mm-hmm. i mean you have to realize no there's nothing i'm going to be able to do yeah and then god boom does it for you and that's mm-hmm. the beauty of the relationship so mm-hmm. i felt um Here's the thing. Ever since then, I've felt this incredible peace come wow. me. That's just uh, the joy. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, the joy that comes and the peace, and it's what I want others to have. And you look back, and so to answer some of your other questions, what well, what about you know? How did you get over the um, abuse as a child and the bitterness? I've I had bitterness that I could not shed. I could not shed bitterness Hmm. and no therapist could do it for me. You Mm -hmm. know, thousands of dollars in counseling and no, you're still bitter, Mm -hmm. still angry at the world and angry at people. And only God can remove that uh, bitterness from you. And he did for me. Wow. Yeah. It's been, it's just been uh, an uplift for me that I can't describe. And the joy I've, I've felt uh, is indescribable. It would take a miracle. It would take for a you miracle. to believe in God. Yeah, and he's, yeah. he does. He performs miracles. I believe he does now. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, a beautiful story. Man. I remember you asking questions, and like in our Bible study, how do you know it's God speaking to you? How do yeah. you know it's the Holy Spirit, yeah. not just something in your own head, <laughs> in your own yeah. mind? And uh, and and I knew that those questions were genuine. You know, they were. as you mentioned, you were you were probably. You've probably been the most authentic person I've ever seen seek Jesus. Mm. The way and how authentic and how unafraid you were to ask the hard, real questions that you had inside of you. Yeah. Right. Because sometimes we'll have questions. We'll think, well, maybe I should try to think my way around this instead of asking a question or try not to think about this question. But you weren't afraid to ask the hard questions because you had come to that place of genuinely seeking truth. Yeah. And you would ask those questions. And then in in the moment that you are ready to give up of seeking God, 
you have this experience that you can't explain in any other way except that it was him. Yeah. And him speaking. There's no other explanation. And he spoke to you. Yeah. To me personally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't see an angel. I didn't see God himself. But there's no question that he was speaking to me in my mind. Wow. Uh, that, and he, that's, he does speak to us. And mm-hmm. the reality is he's been speaking probably through others many times, and I just couldn't see or listen. I, yeah. I couldn't see it. My eyes were blinded to it. Um, but he's been doing that for a while, I'm sure. And yeah. Yeah. Without I, I can think of stories that you shared with me. I'm like, I'm, that was God doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but not when you're God an atheist. You. <laughs> there, it's yeah. just coincidence. Well, there's yeah. things I was thinking in my mind. I don't think I actually said anything, but I was like, I could. It was. It, was, it seems so clear that like God's really chasing after you through yeah. some of these things that's happening and what you're sharing with me. And, and what the 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 thing is, um, when I wrote um, in my, I wrote one of my papers, twenty pages back to this pastor, and I actually told him why God was a monster in my life. You know, I wrote it, and um, to be able to say that's not God, that God actually is good. Um, is a complete flip, yeah. 180, and that um, it's only come through uh, him speaking to me. Yeah. Wow. And I have no doubt it's, you know, I have this shirt on today, Doubt the Doubt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, show the camera over there. Doubt the Doubt. <laughs> a friend gave this to me because he knows I've been such a doubter. And, um, but now, here's the difference. Um, a lot of my questions haven't gone away. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pretend that all of a sudden I have all these answers to things. No, they're still there. The difference is this experience was so monumental for me that um, it's it's caused me to doubt the doubts. And so these doubts I've had, I, I need to reexamine them because this is real. Like this was a real experience for me with God that I'm, I can't I can't deny that's truth for me. Yeah. And it's the way I want to live my life, actually. You know, I was saying earlier, like, how do you want to be remembered? Yeah. I want to be remembered as that guy who loved others. Yeah. That that is important to me now, Mm -hmm. where it never was before. I didn't even Mm -hmm. think about it. I didn't even care about it before. Wow. And so that's, you know, now I've got to figure out, well, what do I do with all this? (laughs) You know, this, this change, it's been so sudden. Yeah. It's only been two months. Yeah. And I mean, the journey has been much longer than that. <laughs> the journey's been long. The journey's been longer than the, that. It's been a complete transformation. Yeah. I mean, my wife's like, oh, you're the person that I thought I was marrying. Hmm. You're wow. A, you're actually here now. Wow. And, you know, we pray together now, and it's just like, mm, there's nothing like it. Yeah. Wow. Praying with my with my wife, Jenny. Yeah. It's just like, and we our prayer time is it's special. That's so awesome. Yeah. We do it every morning and just it's if I don't spend that time with her praying in the morning, my day doesn't go well, actually. Hmm. I always those days I look back and go, well, we we didn't pray today. That's why we have so much anxiety or I do. (laughs) But so it's meaningful. And and I never believed in prayer. Not not previously. But God answers prayers. He answered mine. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. I love, um, he's so silly, God, because mm. um, <laughs> the, the, what you were looking for and what you were asking for and, and all the things, all the questions that you said were 
holding you back from really answering. It's like he didn't even... He didn't it care. wasn't like, why did this happen? It was like, look at your sin. Yeah. <laughs> and he, it, and he went right for the jugular. <laughs> <I know. Yeah. laughs> you're, you're saying, you're saying you, you know, I mean, in your mind, it's like, if, if this happened, you're a monster, this, this, this. And then he's like, let me play a movie for you. Yeah. And then it was like, and it's one of those, those Job moments yeah. where Job's like, almost like, it's like ah, you God, know, like, yelling you at God, should, yeah. and God's like, let mm-hmm. me show you something. Yeah. You know, let me play you a movie. Let me let me show you the Leviathan and let me show you it answers yeah. and it's always been silly. I say silly because I'm just like, you didn't answer any of it. No. He hasn't answered the hard questions <laughs> yet. <laughs> no, but 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 he shows you that and it's He that. shows you that you you are sinful. <laughs> And that's what brings healing. It's so weird. It's right. like yes. it's the foolishness it's, of the cross. It's that, what I needed yeah. to be healed of. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. what I needed. I needed I needed to be humbled. I had so mm. much pride. One of the doesn't make sense. One of the pastors offended me. Yeah, the first one, he knows who he is. I'm not gonna say his name. He offended me when he said, You're prideful. Hmm. He looked at me, he goes, You're prideful. And I'm like, How dare him say I'm prideful? Ah, but he was so right. I was prideful, mm. and it took God to show me that I was prideful, mm. to understand that I was prideful. Yeah. Before, I wasn't prideful in my own pride. Yeah. Yeah. So, hmm. um, it, it, yeah, I'm just, man, I'm thankful. Mm. You know, before you even had this experience, you, you uh, we had met a couple weeks before that had happened. Yeah. And you were going on this journey and doing a lot of research and you were wanting to find out what is saving faith. Yeah. That's what you said. Cause you wanted, you, you felt like you needed to have the faith to believe something that you didn't have the faith for. And you were, and you were asking the question, what does it mean to have saving faith? And you did, on these, you started doing these online courses and reading all these uh, yeah. theologians I've about got like four what books saving on it. faith <laughs> is, and and then we met up, and you came to me and you said, "I realize it's not saving faith; it's saving grace. grace." Yeah, mm. and it's believing in saving grace. Yes, our and faith is weak. We all have hmm. weak faith. The problem is nobody wants to admit it. Hmm. Right? We can't move mountains. We think. We have this faith that's so great, but the reality is we don't have great faith. And if you think you do, and that's what's saving you, you're mistaken because your faith can't save you. God saves you. And and I think that shift, <laughs> right? I mean, I think the shift from the what do I need to be able to do this in order to be saved to to realizing God is the one who is doing the saving. saving it's not about me. It's the opposite. It's like I can't have enough faith to save myself. Can't. Yeah. Mm. So you have to rely on God to save you. And that's the saving grace, not saving faith. That's the... Um, the. I want you to do a sermon on that, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, I think I... Yeah, I have in certain spheres, not on weekend services, but the... The difference between the faithfulness of Jesus and our faith, like yeah. I think one of uh, God's I faithful, guess the, we aren't. Yeah, the crux passages is in Ephesians. It's like you're saved by grace through faith, mm-hmm. and it's not uh, of yourself. It's not even like it's not talking about your faith. It's talking about you're saved by grace 
through the through faithfulness, faith. through the faith yeah. that Jesus, yeah, 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 <laughs> like that Jesus had faith for you. He, even. he was know? faithful. For he you. was faithful for you. We can't have enough faith ourselves to save us. Mm-hmm. Faith is a gift yeah. to be able to even, yeah, yeah. So, mm. Yeah, that's. I just thought that was because uh, because you, you, you came to this because <laughs> it's just weird, man. Like it's yeah. it's honestly it's honestly so. I I, that, I I just want to go back to God is so silly. It's so it doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't make, make logical sense. sense. <laughs> you didn't get the answers you no. were looking for. Right. You didn't like it. It wasn't this like let me give you an answer for why this happened or where you know what I mean. It was it was let me. It it's such a weird, and it makes me want to go in deeper into why is it that He knows us better than we know us like his wisdom is beyond ours because i don't understand why the need for me to be forgiven it heals everything else like you know like i i don't know what is core in me sometimes that i'm sorry i'm trying to make this let me let me we're gonna do a separate podcast (laughs) (laughs) but uh, a teaser for that one right uh how was i ever gonna get rid of the bitterness yeah Mm mm-hmm that bitterness from um, what I experienced, and you, the forgiveness is not for the offender, right? It's yeah. not for the person who did the offending. It's for the offended. It's for me. It was for me. I had to forgive what they did to me. So, um, and the only way I could do that was to understand that God forgives me first. Yeah. Once I realized God forgave me, then I could forgive somebody else. Yeah. And when I forgave those people, uh, the bitterness left. Yeah. And wow. that's not, you can't get that through counseling. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, uh, forgiveness is, was for me, not, not for the, the person that offended me. Mm-hmm. And that allowed, that gave me the freedom, the release, the, the uh, freedom to to be something else mm-hmm. and to even see them the way that god sees them oh, like what yeah. you're saying that's I'm, i mean that yeah. is a miracle and that is a an immense shift to take place mm-hmm. it only um, comes from god yeah yeah and I, I think it's this this shift back into what needs to be focused on is like is again your need to be saved yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and that is still mind-boggling to me that me recognizing my need it's like blessed are those who are poor in spirit or who recognize their need it's like theirs is the kingdom you know and and that's that's the this upside down kingdom that jesus brings especially in the beatitudes it's like blessed are you who mourn for Mm -hmm. you'll become it's like it's all these things that they don't make logical sense it's it's usually blessed are those who have completeness of mind because you know all the answers or you Mm -hmm. got it together or you have enough or you know and then it's like we call that blessed and then it's like it's it's just crazy to me like your journey to experience that it just shows me more and more i'm just like i don't i don't i don't get it i just need you to do it you know (laughs) yeah blesses the poor in spirit those that are broken yeah that's who God saves, the broken, right? Yeah. If if you're not broken, what what do you need God for? Yeah. And so God showed me my brokenness. Hmm. I needed him to show it cuz I didn't believe that I really was that broken and it 
And I doubted him, you know, uh, he, he does it for Friday night and the movie and then Saturday. And I'm like, still doubting. I'm like, God, you got to make it real more because I have all these theological doubts. It's mm. totally different than this other side, which is a spiritual brokenness, mm-hmm. yeah. separation from God of who he is. Mm. And so uh, it, 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 it was an experience that I'm not doubting anymore. He's real. Yeah. It's amazing. The grace yeah. the, and all the pain and doubts and the theological issues and personal experiences and and all these different hurts. You know, we're talking, you know, the series called Church Hurt. All these different ways hurt can come about through emotional, physical, theological, spiritual, and all these different pains. The healing wasn't in all those things getting corrected or yeah, no. finding the correct answer to the that's call to questions. The, weird part. That's the, the healing weird. came from a recognition of your need for God <laughs> and, <laughs> and a recognition of your sin. A recognition like, of your sin. Yes. <laughs> the and, healing of the heart. And, and that God's love is present <laughs> with you despite all those things. Yeah. And it's like having this revelation of the love of God mm. actually mm. put those other things to the wayside. My those friends would didn't say, even matter they would much. say, you know, God's in us. I'd be like, what are you talking about? God's in you. I didn't understand it. Yeah. He, he's in you when he changes your heart and makes it into mm-hmm. a, makes you into a new person. He transforms yeah. you. Yeah. A renewing of the mind and, yeah. and the spirit. That's, yeah, it's mm-hmm. powerful and it makes you, you know, if we could only see ourselves the way God sees us, mm-hmm. that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So maybe the last thing um, for those listening who have been, we asked Rachel a similar mm-hmm. question. Yeah. Um, but who have been through a tremendous church hurt. Um, I've been through the ringer, maybe are doubting God because of it. Um, what is a couple things or one thing, one main thing that you would share that you would want to share to those people? Um, well, uh, one God does answer. He does answer prayers. I didn't believe this. (laughs) It's like, no, he doesn't. I, I, I asked him so many times, but no, he has his, time that he answers how he answers and we we just sometimes when we don't get the answer when we think we need to seek better understanding hmm. and um I, I i i don't know about individuals hurt experiences right everybody's has a different experience for me it wasn't until i could um forgive somebody for something pretty horrible, pretty awful that's plagued my whole life and impacted my whole life. And if we're unwilling to forgive that person, how do we ever expect forgiveness for ourselves? Mm -hmm. And so if you're hurt by a pastor, uh, that the, the only way to get rid of the hurt is through forgiveness. Cause it's what brings you restored. Mm. It's not that the pastor doesn't need forgiveness. He might've done something wrong. He might've committed a sin to you, right? Offended you. And it's truly did it. 
That's for him to reconcile with God. But you yourself, the only way to get rid of the bitterness or the pain is through forgiveness of him, mm-hmm. of, that, of that person. And, and when you do forgive him, then you're released. So, um, yeah, I think you have to look at your own forgiveness and where, where you're at with it. And yeah, that's the advice I would give. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. So a lo- I've drank a lot of coffee to get to this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of coffee meetings yeah. with different people. <laughs> yeah, I spent a lot of time with a lot of people who probably never thought I would be sitting here on a podcast saying this. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I'm grateful. I'm humbled. For you. I'm humbled that God has uh, humbled me. Yeah, I thank him for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Yeah. He works miracles. He does. <laughs> he does work miracles. Does. Grateful for the miracle that he worked in your life, Chris. Yeah. yeah. I think um, just hearing everybody talk about it, everyone's inspired by your story. Mm. And by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's God's story, not yeah. mine. He, the, just, he just used me. Yeah. And a lot of people, uh, at least that, that around here that I know that you've talked to, and I think they saw God working in your life, even whenever you didn't, the times when you... They saw it. I you didn't. were asking questions. <laughs> you thought, nope. No, I, I didn't that, see it. I think that we thought, Chris is getting close. <laughs> Chris I, is really getting close to Jesus. Everyone on the outside process. was like secretly praying. <laughs> like Chris is really. No, there were a lot of prayers. People this. would tell me I'm praying for you. I'm like, yeah. fine, go pray all you want. <laughs> you know, my wife would pray for me. Go mm-hmm. keep praying. I, you know, I've countless prayers. I know there were, but it didn't matter for me. I couldn't see God. I couldn't hear Him. Now I see Him, hear Him, all the time. And, mm. and it's totally different. He's brought me into relationship with him. Yeah. And it's so genuine yeah. too. That's something that I really appreciate about you yeah. is the, the genuine nature that you seek Jesus. Well, it, to go from telling your wife, no, you're not going to pray for her. I mean, that was, I was genuine Yeah, and I, I'm not going to be an, un, you know, disingenuous. And so writing it, yeah, yeah, just, I'm not going to be able to deny this ever. God spoke so loudly to me. Yeah. Yeah. And he's changed the heart. That's, that's what I see it in myself. He's changed my, yeah, he's changed my heart. So that's the part I can't, I know the way I was before, (laughs) Yeah. you know, so, mm. but yeah. Yeah. I'm grateful for you, Chris. Super grateful. Thanks for taking time to talk with us and share a bit of your story. Yeah, and it's uh, a pleasure in your journey. Yeah, yeah, it's been and and I'll tell you one good. thing. He's he said to me, I, I didn't reveal myself to you to sit in silence. Mm. So that's why I'm agreed to come on here. Yeah, yeah, because I got that message loud and clear. Yeah, like the journey I've been on. Uh, for whatever reason, he put me you know through that journey, and maybe um, he's got something for me to do, but. Um, he did say pretty loudly uh, to not sit in silence over it, to share. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yep. We love you, brother. Thank you. Oh, thank you. you. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's been good. It's God been is good. love. God <laughs> is love. That's what doubt I'm, the doubt. Yeah. Love each other. He is love. It's mm-hmm. if you get down to it. Yeah. yeah. So good. And that's a foundation we can stand on. That's the foundation that's I'm it. standing on. That's it. Yeah. Amen.
That's good. From God is a monster to God is love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that is what we call this episode. <laughs> That's the miracle. Yeah. Well, thanks everybody for joining us um, on this episode of Your Brain on God. Chris, thank you again yeah. uh, for joining us. This has been so awesome to hear your story. And I'm sure uh, we'll have you on again in yeah. a future episode to talk more about some of uh some deeper things and probably more of your journey and stuff like that but yeah but other than that guys make sure to follow us on spotify itunes youtube tiktok all the above and uh, we'll see you next time on your brain of god see ya